Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andre from the Opinionated Podcast, and I just want to remind you that we are live every Sunday on our Facebook page, and you can find us wherever you stream your music at the Opinionated Podcast. We drop a new episode every Tuesday. So remember to like, share, comment, and don't forget to subscribe. Enjoy the show. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to the Opinionated Podcast, and we are your host. I'm Cool Kev. Kevin Morant. And I'm Andre, and we have a special guest today. I am Ann Joyce, and I am a science fiction writer. Ooh. Yeah. Told we you we had a special guest. We were just talking about science fiction. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we were. <laughs> yeah, we were. We, we, yeah, we kind of nerded out a little bit before we got on the podcast. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, which I love to do with my friends. Um, so, yeah, how did you get started writing? Um, I started writing poetry when I was in middle school. I got bullied really bad. I was the nerdy kid with the big glasses and they pretty much came with a sign that said beat me up. So I didn't have a lot of friends or, you know, anybody to really talk to and express stuff. So that's what my art became was just a way of expression. And eventually when I uh, got more into uh, stories in my 20s, I saw a Facebook post that was political and um, it just got me thinking about things where the world was headed and um it just blew up from there. Oh wow. Okay. Um, so I'll share something as well. I was I was somewhat bullied too and had the glasses. Don't look at me like that. I had the glasses and and, and got bullied too a little bit. So I I, I pretty much understand. Uh I, I guess I started playing sports after that though. So yeah. Yeah, it might have changed a little bit, but yeah, I understand where you're coming from with that. Hmm. I, I grew up in Philly. Uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in Princeton, Indiana, which is like the armpit of the state. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> Wait, what? Can you explain? <laughs> I need you to to, to indulge wow. a little bit. It's a very small, very dumpy, narrow-minded town, and mm. it's it's stuck in the 60s. They're very racially segregated. They, oh, okay. Yeah, like one shade lives on one side, the other shade lives on the other, and they don't think they should ever interact. It's very okay. bizarre. I like how she said one shade. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a, you know. That's a, that was smart. Yeah. Well, <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know what? Does, does something like that uh, influence your writing in any way? Yeah, I would say it did, especially with Arid. I mean, because it's. I mean, and when I lived in, I used to live in Phoenix, Arizona, and it was the as exact opposite. You know, Arizona, it's it's a melting pot. There's so many different uh, race, ethnicities, cultures. From, you know, there's just people from all walks of life. You just don't see people being so narrow-minded and bigoted. So, I, I, you know, of course, my characters, there's a huge cast of different people interacting with each other and, you know, getting along and working together and things and, you know, it's how life should be. Okay. Wow. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Exactly. Now, with all things, everything has their difficulties. And then writing your book, what difficulties or obstacles did you run in, you know, run into, you know, as far as maybe writer's block, uh, people probably poaching your work or... Mm giving your work to people and they're misleading you and you're giving them money and you see nothing from it. Can you, uh, do you have any type of stories? Um, I've not have any, uh, stories where I've kind of got, you know, gypped out of money or anything. Um, but, oh, writing itself is a struggle. I think it was George Orwell that said, uh, writing a book is like having a disease and no one would ever 
undertake such task if they weren't driven by a demon they could neither resist or understand mm. um but wow. with arid oh god writing it i would say some of the hardest part was the fighting scenes because i had so many different characters i had different weapons and it's so hard to coordinate i'm yeah, like yeah. okay i've got this person here beating this person with the club and what's she gonna do to him ash you can she just kick him in the balls i don't know and <laughs> yeah <laughs> It's it's almost like you're a puppet master and you've got all these little puppets. It's crazy. I don't know. Maybe it's not as challenging for some people, but it is for me. That's the book you're talking. This is the book she's referencing to everybody yes. right here. Eric, there you go right there. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, we had a writer on. We spoke to a writer the other day that said his how he goes through his, um, like, writing fighting scenes or love scenes or uh, what other scenes he said. Um Love scenes, uh, I believe. Yeah, um, he he would he would put himself in that mind frame. Like he would listen to heavy metal music to write his to write his fight scenes. Right. And if he wanted to write a love scene or a compassion scene, he would be around his family. Have you ever tried anything like that to help you write? Like just get yourself in the mood to write what's required for this uh, scene right here. Um, I've not done that with the heavy metal though. I may actually do that next time I have to write a fight scene or something really aggressive. Um, when it was a sad scene, when one of my favorite characters died, I, uh, I listened to uh, Hey Jude by the Beatles because that song always makes me sad. It reminds me of something that brings me down. So I was, I was in a good mood when I started writing that scene and I was like, Oh yeah, I got to dumb this down. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know what? And, and let's let's go back a little bit uh to talk about your Arid. Arid's which, which is your first book, correct? Right. Okay. Um, so when when did you start writing that and like what kind of mind frame were you in? It, 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 unless I missed something. No, no, no. I, I didn't know, you know what I mean? I didn't know she went over it. I'm sorry. Oh, if I started writing Arid um in 2015, and I don't remember exactly how I came up with that idea. Um, well, technically I have a novella. I give, I give that away as, um, uh, um, when you sign up for my newsletter, I give that away. But, um, yeah, my first professional book was arid. Um, but that mindset I had, had I've been watching a lot of videos about how lakes and rivers were just being mysteriously drained and, no one really knew why. There's a lot of politicians that have bought up a lot of aqueducts. Water's being transported illegally with the government's mm-hmm. blessing. There's a lot of things that are happening with water that shouldn't be, and a lot of profitization is going on. So that's what got me in the mindset to write Arid. I did not know that. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that's some crazy shit. Wait, so you're saying that just out of nowhere you go to a lake or you know a river and it's the water's just gone like with no discernible evidence on how that happened like where's yeah where does that happen at uh michigan for a lot of, from what i've heard from oh. people that live there it has happened a lot in michigan i think more the northern states that have you know more bodies of water and larger bodies of water um and nestle's also they have done some things. They, I had a blog about it on Guinea Springs. They were basically using that water, which it's it was publicly funded money that 
uh, cultivated and restored Guinea Springs, they were taking the water and bottling it and selling it. Dang. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Oh, it's my safe. gosh. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean. Didn't know that at all. That, well, <laughs> hey, you know what they say? You control, you control the resources. You control the people. Yeah. <laughs> I, I agree. Just true. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Don't, don't ban me on Facebook or YouTube. Just saying oh, in gosh. general. Because they will. I, yeah. Yeah, they will. This is just my thought. Is not saying people are doing this. <laughs> so, uh, without giving away, Eric, can you can you go over? You know what? You know, kind of. I, I want to broach this subject carefully because I don't want a you to summary. give away your book. But a summary. There we go. A summary. Jesus. <laughs> I'm sorry. In eighteen, to school. My man, I was I was thinking about the daggone water disappearing. I'm serious. That's crazy. Crazy. Am I wrong? I'm listening no. to her say that. Like, wait yeah. a minute, wait a minute. What water? Like, we, you know what I mean? You get that every day. Well, not every day, but not nah, well. You know, just okay. Before we get to the summary of the book, I live in a small town right here. Yeah, and and in a small town, everybody used well water. We have a natural spring that runs underneath the town. Hmm. After that, after uh, recently, they forced everybody to get uh, tap into the water line in front of your house that uh, the township provides. You yeah, had to abandon. That. You had to abandon your uh, your well, well water yeah. and tap into this line, or you will pay a double tax. You'll pay a tax on your well, and you'll pay a tax on the water line out front of your house, also. So people now wow. want to pay pay that double tax. Said, you know what? I'm just going to pay the one. I'm going to close my well, and I'm going to tap into the to the, the sewer line, yeah. or not sewer, you know what I mean. The water line, the water line, yeah. Right. So I can understand that. Goodness gracious, okay. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, where they bring yeah. everybody down. And there's what? been uh, instances where uh, people have got fined for even collecting rainwater. Oh yeah, I heard that's that insane. So no. rainwater not free. Like I can't just put something out back like a filtration system because you can put, you don't need to. You can you have to build a filtration system. You build it out of you build heavy stone on top, pea gravel, uh sand, a sand layer, and then a charcoal layer. And that uh and I think another fine sand layer at the end. What that does is the rocks, the rocks, the rocks is the big rocks to stop the leaves, the sticks and everything. The pea gravel start to sort out the smaller you know, Sense. material like yeah. like small sticks. The sand will start to um, get some of the like you know maybe a couple of, like a worm or something like that or whatever gets through, okay. and the charcoal will get the the contaminants out as to a point, and then you another fine sand. Yeah, this is a comp. Wow! If you ever wanted to build, but you, people ban that that you can't build one of those things in your yard. It's like you can't. They can't tax you. They can't tax. They can't you. charge you. Yep. All right, so okay. That's well, I know, that's I know. We're, we're we are going on a side trip ourselves. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to have you back on for the conspiracy <laughs> yeah, theories for sure. Yeah, yes. I would love to do a conspiracy yes. theory. Yes. So so can you give us a a summary on, on your book, Eric? Uh yes, it is set in the somewhat distant future, like the 2040s, and um basically wealthy moguls have bought all the rights to water and privatized it. And made it only to where the wealthy can afford it. And people who can no longer pay their water taxes, which are, you know, more and more exorbitant, are labeled as indigents. And they are cast out in the desert and forced to live in squalor. And that's where Arid starts with uh, my main character, Josh, and his group and how they fight to get out of their situation. Wow. 
Wow, that's a, so yeah, we were kind of on point with what we were talking about then. I mean, if you, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that's that is a great. That is a great. It sounds like a great it's story. It's not scary now. because it's yeah. something that sounds like it can't yeah, happen. That can happen right now. <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds Survival like. Survival of the fittest. So, with that being said, I'm guessing your science fiction allows you you use what's actually you see going on and somehow tied tied into your books. That you that's what you do. You like you. Which is a scary thought because most good movies are made that way too. Yeah. Yes. And books. It's like, I see the reality, but let me just put a little twist and a little bit more on it. You know what I felt like they they would always do? And maybe it's just me being weird. I felt like they would do that with air. Mm. You, you know what I mean? And, and here's what I mean. I felt like what the government would do is have a place with, you know, offer a place with clean air. And if you're outside of that place, they would say that it was contaminated and stuff like that. So they would literally sell air to people in a certain, you know what I mean? Like really you're selling the place, but you're selling air to people and convincing them that other air is contaminated. Well, okay. Not to, I know we're getting off. I don't want to step on the You have brought us in the science fiction (laughs) She's like, oh, next book. (laughs) (laughs) You ever, you ever think about something like that? Like some weird like that? Oh yeah, I, uh, it kind of reminds me of an old song by the Beatles called "The Tax Man." You take a walk, I'll tax your feet. I'll tax everything. Oh. <laughs> right? Okay. Oh my gosh! What? I don't know that. Well, but look at look I at. I want to know it. A lot of people when COVID happened, um, they had did a pollution map or showing the pollution how. Watch yourself first. I'm not talking okay. about the actual disease, but when we okay. got when we did the lockdown. We all did the lockdown because people were in their house so much that you wasn't driving cars and, and everything. Mostly things were shut down that the the, the air quality became better. Mm. Hell, think about the wild. Some of the wildlife that you didn't see started to come back and migrate into places because we wasn't out and about in these areas no more because parks was blocked off. We couldn't do none of that. So think about it. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, mm. you have. You have put us in the twilight zone. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I think just interesting, like, if you got an interesting topic, like for her book, it's going to make you think about other things that possibly could happen. That's just where it put me at. Yeah, I love science fiction. That's why. Yeah, we love science <laughs> yeah, fiction. It's, it's like you can, when you fall down that rabbit hole, it's hard to dig, it's hard to get your way back out. <laughs> Drop it in that rabbit hole, man. So, so, um, you're, um, what made you want to write your second book? I mean, all, you know, Parched? Yes. Uh, Parched, well, Parched is a prequel to Arid. Um, yeah. Actually, a friend of mine uh, told nice. me, he's like, you could just write a prequel. He's like, oh, you could just do a short story, make it 10,000 words. It's gonna, it's way more than 10,000 words. But because uh, I did have some people say um, they wanted to know more about Josh, about some of the main characters what their life was like before, because, you know, it starts out in such a serious setting, such a combative setting. So I decided to write what led up to them being exiled. Mm. That's the, that's a dope idea. Yeah. So how, what is your foreseeable future? Do you plan to write, like continue this story? Like maybe like say like a three or four part, you know, story, or did you just like, that's it. I'm going to do, I'm on to the next, next idea. Yeah. yeah. I might, I might continue Arid if I can, you know, make a sequel just as good as the first one. 
I may try it. You know, I mean, some of the science fiction sequels, you know, especially the movies, like the first one's really good, and the second is like, Ugh, I want my money back. Yeah. <laughs> Sharknado. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Might not be science fiction, but yeah, it's it was no. terrible either way. It's like four of those too. They just wouldn't stop. I think the only one that I Predator. Oh, okay. Predator, Predator was one, good. Predator yeah. one was the, the original one was with uh I want to say the original Arnold Schwarzenegger. No, the original one wasn't with Arnold Schwarzenegger. The original Arnold one was uh, with um what's his name from Lethal Weapon. Danny Glover. I think Danny Glover had the original. No, Danny Glover might have been a sequel to Predator because he wasn't Predator. No, you're thinking of the color purple. No. So what's what's your favorite? <laughs> what's your... <laughs> that ain't gonna make me look it up, man. <laughs> You know, pay these guys no attention. This is this is what we. <laughs> I'm sorry. Danny Glover was in the Predator, but I think it was the second one, and Arnold Schwarzenegger was in the first one. Okay, yeah. one or the other, but he was in the Predator. I remember that. Yeah, well, he was. Yeah, yeah, but I'm just saying. Yeah, Predator Two was Danny Glover. I'm yeah. just saying that was a good one too. But it is right. hard to write. Like, what kind of mindset do you have to be in to write science fiction? Like. To not make it so outlandish, but make it Ooh, good as yeah. yeah. Because some science fiction is like I I can't picture that, but some is like wow I can I'm there. Yeah. Like, how did you draw that fine line of being like too outrageous, but you know, you know, but keeping that somewhat reality so people can understand it, right? Or it's not too far fetched. Hmm. Um. Well, I'm. I draw a lot of inspiration from the world around us. I just kind of think about how far could a corrupt government go? Um, I mean, you know, there's some limits, but I guess not too many anymore. You know, you think of what happened with the Holocaust and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. But yeah, I guess I try to keep it somewhat like they would be somewhat in a somewhat civilized society and mostly try to keep their crimes hidden and discreet because that's I think a lot of times what corrupt governments do. Right. Yeah. yeah. Which is which is true. And and honestly, that leads me to my next question. Cause I want to broach this subject carefully. I don't want us to get uh, no, you know what? I'll I'll ask it in a nice way. How many books you think do you think, or books or even like, you know, any type of content is going to come from the actual pandemic? You know what I mean? Because a lot of people would think that this would be great one of those types of science fiction. You know what I mean? Like if we weren't in it, we wouldn't believe it that we're going through it right now. How much, how many books do you think are going to come from? How many people you think are going to capitalize off of the time that we're on now, right now and writing about their experience? Oh, I would say maybe even hundreds of thousands. Mm. I don't know, at least tens of thousands. I know I've seen on some author websites like, you know, like that are, you know, doing promotions or blog reviews. Some of them even said no more books about COVID. Wow. <laughs> yeah, they oh. had their fill in two years. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, I, you, my next question was going to be, have you thought about writing? <laughs> you know what I mean? But no. <laughs> Pro- probably not. I think you can you, you can probably pull from your own other types of, you know what I mean? Like, that was going to be my next question. If you had any intention on writing anything maybe close to what's going on now? Um, I have thought. I do have a draft. It's... um. 
it wasn't about COVID. It was a virus similar. It wasn't so much about its effect on the world, but how um, this woman, she was getting out of a bad relationship and he actually was a scientist and they were working on coming up with vaccines for a deadly virus and how he was using that to harm people. Okay. Yeah. See? Yeah. You got to maybe let the smoke clear from this, but see, that's something that I feel like is interesting on its own. You know what I mean? If we weren't in this time, but like I said, if we weren't in this, I wouldn't believe it either. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I mean, it's nothing's happened like this in over a hundred years. It's like, you always knew it could happen. You see movies like contagion, but I mean, you just, you don't anticipate it actually happening. Not on this scale. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what scares me about, when you read science fiction books, some of the stuff you ever watch movies and, and from science fiction and like it starts to somewhat come true, like you said, contagion. Like that's like the scary part of science fiction, right there for me. Is like, man, this can really actually happen if somebody was demented enough to take from these pages, they'd do it. Right. I think it's a lot of stuff that might have been derived from true events that we will never know were true. You know what I mean? That will they'll call science fiction, but came from a real place. Like a lot of these conspiracy mm-hmm. theory things, I think actually happened. There's a little bit of truth in every fiction. Oh yeah. So yeah. Like to me, the water thing that that's still bothering me. Yeah, that sounds that's think just it. crazy. And I don't want to keep bringing it up, but like it, you know, well, it's the topic of your books, but it 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 really blows my mind that like that can be whole rivers. Her, her book can. Her book, your book, like your, how you've written your book, that can be a future. That's what I'm exactly. And that would be a scary. That would be a scary future because if you think about it, how how climate change is going this going on these days, you you can wind up in certain parts of America where there's in the middle part, it can just be a complete desert. Which which you know because look at it right, look at this right now. Um, nobody realized the Sahara Desert. In, in over in Africa, that was once, and where Egypt was, that was once fertile grassland. But really, yeah, it was. Nobody the the Sphinx. If some scientists, and some scientists disprove it, the weather marks in the Sphinx was from rainwater, constant rainwater. Hmm. But due to climate change, it turned this whole place into a desert. Where how we had if it turned. Imagine if if say. 60 or 70% of America got turned into a desert and they did this water thing to us. Wow. You will be banned from your city to go survive. And when you go to survive, you're surviving for you and your family. You're not surviving like, oh, let me be kind to this person. You're taking what you need. Wow. Which is scary. Goodness gracious. Yeah. All right. I think one of a few countries that has declared water, uh, public right and a natural resource uh, most countries consider it as a good it's there for profit which is insane think about the most abundant thing because you can't drink think how how precious water is we have we are yeah made up of water but the the planet is covered 29 percent of the planet is covered with land the other you I'm cooking right now. Go ahead. Because I watch a lot. I watch a lot. I'm very big in the science, but you think the other the other percentage is all water. Most of that you can't drink. You can't drink salt water. Can't drink salt water at all. It actually dehydrates. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Absolutely. And yeah. and and they will make you think about something like that happening in your book with reality. What you think the government would charge you to have this equipment to pump ocean amount. water to make it drinkable? A ridiculous amount. Or they will put pumps on the coast to say, hey, you don't pay your bill. We shut off, you know, because people come up now and shut you can shut your water off for your water bill. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now I I, re- I remember you said and then correct me if I'm wrong you said that you were you were giving away a novel with your book so you wrote you wrote a novel before Yeah it was a novella technically it's about 40,000 words uh so yeah if you go to my I have a website called aridbook.com and you sign up for my newsletter I uh give my novella away I send it as a PDF Okay well then could you go into a little bit about your novella yeah, it is actually uh, along the conspiracy theory line. It um, yes, it's about uh, microchips and um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was uh, it was actually set in. I wrote it. Oh God, I wrote that over ten years ago, but it was set in 2020, and every American citizen was required to have a microchip implanted in their arm. But it was controlling people's thoughts and making them do certain things that would serve. Uh, a corrupt government's interest. And, and actually uh, I entered it in a contest in 2013 and it was a finalist in the Mars social uh, author of the year contest. Wow. <laughs> let me, let me ask you a question now. How, how close is that to the way social media is, is put in front of us and kind of like, it's not a microchip, but it's controlling, it's controlling people's thoughts. How, how do you feel about that? That's a good question. I mean, oh yeah, it's absolutely, especially I think for the younger generation, there's Mm. so much misinformation out there. And uh, I think especially about COVID too. I mean, it's, that can lead to a whole lot of hysteria, a whole lot of hysteria, a whole lot of hostility. And I mean, well, social media has gotten so political too. And it's, Mm seems more people fighting than anything. It's like, sometimes I just want to shut it off, but you know, as a published author, I do not have a choice. You know, I, I have to have an online presence, especially in the COVID germy times, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Which is, and that's, and, and that's crazy. Cause it, it's fact. It does control people. If I was to switch my phone with a complete stranger and we was just to switch phones and go down each other timeline and what we it'd be a whole different thing our political views would be different the products we see would be different because facebook and well not facebook sorry apologize to you guys i'm sorry <laughs> social media <laughs> social social media has like they they act, they want your browser history they you go look for a a, a cooking a, a crock pot, and you go on social media. You got twenty different crock pots and yeah. twenty crock pot recipes. Uh, recipes, and if you go, if you have a certain political view, they will feed you fuel to make you seem right in your theory, mm. and feed you also fuel to make you have that anger and resentment to the the opposing view, which is which is crazy. Yeah, the, uh, I heard something interesting. And uh, they said in 10 years, I don't know if it was 10 years or 20 years, we're going to see the effects of smartphones and social media on our youth and and how they tend to grow. Like, they're going to see crazy effects from that. Hmm. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I may be misquoting that. Um, let me ask you a question. Have you ever thought about writing 
any like like scripts or like any like um, like content. You know what I mean? Like to be viewed, like video. Um, I have. I actually did a project with someone once. I don't uh, think it ever made it to production, but I did write a movie script. Um, it was. Oh my goodness! I'm even trying. It's been so long ago, but um, yeah, it was basically a town was full of dangerous predators, and these people were trying to get to the other side. This girl wanted to leave. She she lived in a protected, a gated community with her father, but he was abusive, and so she and her boyfriend and her friends took off to trying to find a safer place. And of course, they ran into a lot of monsters, a lot of bad people. But mm. yeah, I don't think it ever made it to production. But yeah, it is definitely different writing a movie script. You know, it, it's it feels very because you know you're. He picks up his gun, goes to the other room, blows this guy's head off. You know, he's not nearly <laughs> right. as descriptive. So it's great. So I'm sorry. I oh no, I was. So how do you feel about? Because most most science fiction novels are usually picked up as movies. Like, how do you feel that whole transaction? Because when I hear people, when people read book, when you read a book, is like you don't have is you leave out a lot of the juicy details that a person wrote in a book then when you put it in the movies like you got to cut so much out how do you feel about that you think that's like a discredit to the art form of like you know as writers um yeah possibly i mean it just it depends i know there's so many books and it's like oh wow you know you read the book you're like wow this movie was really disappointing (laughs) Um, (laughs) yeah yeah Oh, a writer I think of, I know what you did last summer. She, her, she wrote a suspense novel and she did not like how, when it came to production, how it was more of a slasher movie. She was just completely disgusted. She said that was apparently not her ideal at all. So yeah, things get corrupted. I know sometimes when it hits the screen. Now this is, do authors have a say so when it comes to Hollywood, like how they want their movie to be, how they want their book to be portrayed and what they want to be about? Or is it like, oh, we just we bought the rights, the rights yeah, to make yeah, your yeah. It's a movie. After that, you have no more say so. I think that's how it is. Yeah, I've unfortunately never seen any of my uh, any of my work go to production yet. I, I hope one day. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, I have a feeling it's once you sign that contract and get your paycheck, they're going to take it and run with it however they choose. I feel like it could be, like, the notoriety. Like, you think about a Stephen King, I'm pretty sure that he had some type of input in the movies that he wrote. But he had to leave. Like, when he wrote... He might have he might have sold it to him, but he might have been like, "Yo, you can't change this part. You can't change that I don't part. Think so. You can't do." See, that. I think they just like you because said, I, I want I want to read The Shining. I just recently watched The Shining movie again, which was a pretty yeah, good, that was a good movie. It's a good movie for it to be. It. Don't don't no, they will don't because it. it was a classic. It's a classic. It speaks to it speaks to it speaks to who we're, who we're talking to now. It was an author. He was an author trying to write a book that got possessed because he was. Oh yeah, but okay. yeah, yeah, but yeah. but the book would probably the book was so much more interesting than, than the actual movie because you can only put you got like your book right now. How many how many how many hours have you said you put into Eric your first book or years? 
<laughs> that it was I wrote arid over a period of two, two three years. I mean, you know, I was working full time too. Um, mm-hmm. but yeah, I started in the fall of 2015 and then, um, I got a book deal in 2018 and then I went back to edit tell. So was still working on it. It's like, yeah, you feel like when you're writing a novel, it's never done. It, it was probably hundreds of hours writing that. So now you think about that. Right. Now you're condensing hundreds of yeah. hours of thought in the two hours of storytelling that you have with a book, you can sit down, you can read a book in a day, but some I'm people, tried. It's, hard. Yeah, it's hard, but you read a book over time. It's like, Oh, I need you'll read your book and you put it down. Like I have to get to my book today. Right. But now you're making this movie where people's like, it has to make, money. I got it. It has to make money, but I have to keep your attention for two hours. Mm-hmm. That's it. The max. So That's it. Two hours, two hours, a lot of this storytelling, which makes books awesome. I have to cut out. Minimum storytelling, huge on action, action, mm-hmm. and if they're smart, smart, a great ending, right? Which is not always the case in movies because no. some of the endings oh, yeah. is like, yeah, yeah, some mm-hmm. endings are super bad. I got a question for you, uh, leading off of that. If you could pick any director in the world to direct Arid, who would you pick? And Parched, who would you pick? Mm-hmm. Probably Quentin Tarantino. Oh, smoke it. He would definitely smoke. Oh that. my gosh. <laughs> it's funny. Um, I don't know why I was thinking this, and maybe just because I'm not too familiar with directors, like a lot of directors. I don't know why I was thinking M. Night Shyamalan. I don't know why. I think she was the right no, he way. Were, he, yeah, yeah, I yeah. think Quentin he Tarantino was smoking. Yeah, because M. Night Shyamalan is just he, he didn't even play, play, play a part. Weird. What's his name again? I don't know that guy's name. I'm not even going to try to attempt it. But what I would say, <laughs> what I would say, Quentin, whatever. What I would say with Quentin Tarantino, why he was smoking, be quick, because the way how he shoots scenes. He's going to pull that grittiness out of it. He that. pulls yeah. the grittiness yeah. out of it. He he pulls everything he gets from his main characters, and even his side characters. It's like you are invested in these people when you're watching these movies. And, and his, and his camera, ang- and his camera angles and everything like that. It was like, yo, yeah. That would be so dope. Can I ask you? Can I ask you why you would pick Quentin Tarantino? I mean, it's obvious, but why? Oh well, and he, yeah, well, like everything you just said, and um, he's not afraid to think outside the box, too. I mean, he tries mm. so many. He employs so many different methods depending on the movies he shoots. Um, yeah, yeah, you guys are right. He would smoke it. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, sorry. Just, sorry. I just I, I like Quentin Tarantino yeah. movies. I'm not yeah. sure I'm alive. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm <laughs> so from from here, where where do you think you're going to go with with any like as far as your direction with your with your new books? Like, um, you know, not to say you're done, you know, working these, but in the future, what, what do you see yourself writing? Do you see yourself getting into another genre or just kind of staying where you're at and really just Killing the, killing the, um, killing this particular genre. I am definitely open to writing other genres. I'm thinking about um, the book idea that I told you about. You know, with the guy using the disease. That's more of a thriller suspense. Gotcha. I've always been interested in that. I read a lot of thriller suspense, so I could definitely see myself going that way. That's nice. so dope. 
Yeah. I look. <laughs> That's my kind of stuff. I'm really For on real. some conspiracies, yep. theories. I'm a, I'm a horror. I like horror movies. They don't they don't really get into horror. I'm big in like, I don't like watching horrors. I do. Uh, I like yeah. horror movies. I don't like gore. I don't like. Yeah, not particularly. I mean, unless it has to do with. I mean, Al it could it could be <laughs> Al Gore. It could, I guess it depends because Saw wasn't really that bad to me. It was kind of gory, but would that be considered a thriller or a horror? I mean. Because I, I think it's more. I think thriller, it's a little right? both. It's in both categories. Okay. I think they should have quit after like the second or third movie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Let me ask you a question. This is a weird one-off question, though. What do you think about The Walking Dead? Oh, I like The Walking Dead. I used to watch it. I haven't watched it for a couple years, but yeah, I was probably since Carl was, died. <laughs> Since who died? Since Carl died, probably. Bro, she never so she made it up to that point. Get that yeah. Up to that point, I, uh, uh, I definitely. Uh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, you said a couple years. That was a long time ago. I'm sorry. What were you saying? I was devastated when Herschel died. Um, wow. Yeah, I don't think I've watched it since I don't know, maybe 15 or 16. But yeah, I used to watch it all the time. Yeah, they were on for a long time too. Yeah. Now I think about it, they like thirteen years in or something like that. A lot, yeah, they're still in. going. That's and great. it used to be a comic book. I didn't, I didn't yeah. know that for yeah. years. That was a comic book. Yeah, apparently the comics were like really gory. I didn't read them. Yeah. From what I heard, it was brutal. See, that's the thing about written work and in in theatrical work. Right. Written work, you can go into the details. It lets your mind. Because as an author, you have to put us there. You have to write so descriptive to put us there, so we can actually visualize, you know, visualize what's going down. Whereas, right. it, whereas it's a movie, it's like, eh, I'm you there. See it, you see it happening. Your visuals is right there. Your, right. Your brain is picturing. That's why books are always, most part, always outdo movies or or shows, is because it's like, I can write so much more. You know. Yeah. I can put Freedom. so. Yeah, I have the freedom to do whatever I want where you guys are limited. Even if you was to make this a TV show that can run for 20 years off of one book, you're still limited. Right. You know? Yeah. And then you, uh, you know, you never fully know your character's mindsets. You know, you see an actor doing their best to portray it, but you never fully know, you know, that's, I think that's the biggest power of the written word. Uh, Yeah, that's absolutely right. Now that you you said something that it made me want to ask another question, who would star in Eric? Who would be your who would be who would be your star? Oh, that is a good question. And Norman Reedus wouldn't be a bad. Right? Hey, all right. I like that. All right, see, he, he knows he knows post apocalyptic. He can yep. do that quite well. He's a hunter for sure. He's yeah. he's definitely a badass. There you go. Yeah, because mm-hmm. listen, the, the way you're describing your book, you will read it and you will want, if you're ready, like, I hope they put them, make a movie. Make a movie. <laughs> right, exactly. That's what you're going to read and say, like, oh, I wonder what they would do if they do a movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, because one of, we was talking to one of our, uh, we had one lady on here that was uh, an author. Name? I forgot a, a, a guest we had on here. When she's doing a Netflix adaptation of of a oh, story, that was Doctor Dawn Minch. But Doctor Dawn Minch, yeah, she she was doing a Netflix because Netflix right now is giving out deals because I I think it 
they opened Pandora's box. You know, before you had to go to Hollywood and certain is like Netflix is like, look, if you have a good script and you got, we'll put a little bit of money behind your budget, you know, get what you can get up and do it. Cause Netflix series is coming up left and right and they're good. Yeah, they're good. Yeah. So would you ever, if Netflix was to ever get a hold of your, your book and say, Hey, would you be open to doing something like that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Especially a lot of the movies. I mean, you're right. Netflix has a lot of good series, but some of their movies are just major disappointments. I'm like, yeah. oh, would be such a better movie than this. Yeah, I, oh, man. I think your book would better serve to be a series, right? Than a yep. because it would you would be like able you be able to you be able to get better into the mindset of your characters than putting it in that short two hours. You'd be able to tell backstories. And you'll be so much more in control of it going in through Netflix than going through, I guess. I don't think we know that information. We don't know <laughs> that information, but I see no. people Netflix work and it's like you can tell somebody who love. You can tell the difference if you love doing this work or you're just trying to get a movie. I, I understand. Right. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You, you, you see certain guys who start off hungry and then and they start off hungry and they have good movies at the beginning. Right. And then when they come into the success, it's like, oh, that was kind of disappointing. That was disappointing. You're, you're, you know, you're Emily Shemmler. Your favorite guy, Michael Bay. Oh, no, I can't stand Michael Bay's movies. So. <laughs> that's, yeah, his favorite, that's his favorite guy in the world, Michael no, Bay. I can't stand him. <laughs> it started off fire and then it just. No, you watch one, you watch them all. It's the same. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he used the same imagery in two different movies. I was like, wait, that was in the other movie. Like it was some cutaway scene, and I was like, that it looks exactly anyway, off of Michael Bay. <laughs> okay. Well, say here comes the rabbit hole. Okay, we're not, not going to go into that. Okay, so we got where you want to go in the future. Um, all right, so you know, you got yeah. Well, well, you just tossed to me like that. Yeah. So um <laughs> you're the one smoking it with the uh with the questions. <laughs> no, with your facts. Yeah, I'm not right. facts, I'm just saying facts. because yeah. this you know is the creative facts this, back this in is, This is very checker. your book, how you explain <laughs> is very interesting. I'm like really well, thank you. I nerd out on stuff like I can nerd yeah. out on stuff like this for hours because <laughs> I watch I I do. I I'll sit here, I'll go upstairs and literally watch nature what's going on in the world, stuff like that. Cause people, you have to know these things, man. You don't know what like this information she just gave you right now. That is critical information. Even though it was, if you read the book, you're like, if you read her book and you were like, Oh, this can never happen. Right. But that's the whole part of it being fiction though. In your mind, you're like, what? How, how could that happen? And then you're like, wait a minute. Right. You know what I mean? But it's, but it's based on, and that's why I like how you said your, your book is, Fictional, but based on actual things that's going that, that's yeah. that's going on, or that's in the that can possibly be in the works right now, right? Yeah. So is, is that the is now you you say you're going to write future work? Would that be the direction for most of your future work? Is like I have to, you know, I'm pulling real stuff that can actually happen, and hopefully, meaning is that going to be her writing style from yeah, now on? Yeah, out? yeah, yeah. Which is a dope writing style. <laughs> yeah. Quite possibly. I mean, that is like my biggest source of inspiration, just looking at the world around me and seeing how messed up things are and what direction it could go in. You want to write a love story? Oh, <laughs> romance? I'm serious. 
I, I don't know. I'm not a big fan of uh, the. I'm not a sappy person, so I don't think I can see myself writing. What about a love story similar to you? Because it, it's a love story, but he's a murderer. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I don't know where he's he a murderer. <laughs> In my personal life. Yeah. Oh. That'd be that'd be cool though. You can imagine a book like you you're mad, you find out he's a killer and you're like, but he he's in love with you, but you're trying to hide his secret. And you know, but you know what's going down, and just and you but you're just like you're a part of it, but not really a part of it. That's kind of dope. Like Dexter. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, like when his sister found out Dexter and his girlfriend. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, his wife. Would you, yeah, would you ever see yourself writing something like that? That was dope. that's a suspense. That's more of a suspense, though. Yeah, possibly pull that out. Yeah, see. Yeah, I would, yeah, I, I kind of like that one. <laughs> so, so for, I'm sorry, you heard it here first. <laughs> I'm sorry, you were saying something. I said it's not a bad idea. It really isn't, right? Yeah, that's all right. We get we give we give some good ideas. Uh, so if you can, like, uh, for our listeners, if you could tell them anything, if you could leave them with any words, like, uh, like, like, what would you like to tell them? Like, even even about your work or or anything, what words would you leave our listeners with? Um, I would definitely like to tell them uh, check out aridbook.com, A R I D. And yeah, as I mentioned before, um, you sign up for my newsletter and you will get my first novella free when the chips are down. The one that was the finalist in the contest. I give away short stories sometimes. Sometimes I wrote, I still write poetry every now and then. I share my poetry. Um, I give stuff away and parched. Um, I am planning on releasing that in the spring. It's um, uh, in the professional editing process now or soon to be and i am also planning on coming out with an audiobook version of arid so um those of you prefer audiobooks or you know have a visual impairment uh stay tuned Mm. definitely got a lot planned for that if you do the audiobook like i've been saying to all the authors read your own work i love it Wait, do you... I tell them all the time. Okay. I love when they read your own work. I hate they get these guys in there. They be so bland because they're it's not their work and they don't have the, the same passion. The yeah, they, yeah. <laughs> with her accent, yeah. Are you considering reading your own for the for the audio books? I actually have already. I have yes. Uh, recorded it. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just in. Uh, I, my best friend is actually helping me edit it right now. Um, but yeah, I'd thought about getting a, a narrator and I just went and did it myself, especially cause I had some medical bills. I was like, Nope, never mind. No, gotcha. <laughs> no, do what you listen. I, I listen to my audio books because I listen, I drive. So I have to listen to audio books. I love it when they read their own book. I, I, I listen to Teddy Atlas book and Teddy Atlas read his own book. So awesome. Wow. Well, I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> Because I heard people say, oh, don't do it yourself. And yeah, I mean, I don't know. Some narrators, yeah. Some of them are really good. Some are just, they're very bland. They sound like they're reading a stock report sometimes. Exactly. Yeah. It's like the guy went down to the lake. I'm like, it could, yeah, it could be a turn off. Yeah. News anchor. <laughs> right. <laughs> it could be a turn off. But okay. So uh, you want to do me a favor and just tell everybody where they can find you online. All your social media, all your social media, and, and give out where yeah. they can find your books and all of your work well, again. 
Yeah, we're going to do it all in the line. <laughs> uh, uh, yes, I am on. I'm on about every platform. I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. My handle um, on Instagram is Ann Joyce Writer. Um, I am on Twitter, TikTok. (laughs) Yeah, search for Ann Joyce Writer. And yeah, um, in addition to the aridbook.com website, um, I also have a website called annjoycewriter.com. And my um, book, uh, Arid, is available on Amazon. Right now, just digital and print, but soon to be audio. I will be looking for the audio. Yeah, audio. Because <laughs> I, like I said, I drive and I'm mostly driving at work, so I will listen to it because I'm interested in. I really, yeah. I really like the story. Now I think the accent's going to set it off. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. Now back to the host. Uh, don't touch me. Uh, <laughs> all right. <laughs> no, we really want to thank you for joining us today, especially sure. with the schedule shift. Uh, we really appreciate it. Yeah. We got some good information, uh, but yeah, I think. That's it. So I would like to thank everyone for listening. And uh, once again, we were your hosts. I'm Cool Kev. Kevin Arant. And I'm Andre. And like, thank oh, you very much, Ann. Like always, peace. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Painated Podcast. If you love today's episode, make sure to subscribe. Leave a review. Five stars. We don't want nothing less. If you're an artist, actress, a songwriter, an author, or you're doing something that's interesting and you want to be a guest on our show, please email us at opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. That's opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a blessed day.